Welcome to another episode of Photo Geek Weekly. This is episode 133, recorded on December 21st of 2020, probably the last episode of this year, this uh, very unusual, unprecedented time. Uh, no matter who you are on the planet, uh, this year has been disruptive. And um, and thank you all for listening. Uh, I know I've missed a few episodes through the year as uh, family life and, and other priorities kind of come and go. Uh, but uh, I'm here again for another great photo geekery show where uh, we put together me and, and a guest host, uh, some stories, some camera techie stuff, new software technology, uh, new news, could be industry stuff, it could be legal stuff. We go through everything that I think would be interesting and kind of dig under the hood and see what's what. And uh, to do that investigative conversation uh, today uh, with me is uh, my good friend, Ant Pruitt. Ant, how are you, sir? Mr. Kamareshka, I am unbelievable. How about yourself? I'm I'm good. I mean, I, I'm on the mend. I was telling you when I was booking you for this uh, this episode that I horribly burned my hand recently, and it's 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 on the mend uh, because I mean I'm I'm being like a I'm in in dad mode most days, and yeah, so yeah. I I end up like being upstairs looking after my uh, four and a half year old now uh, a, a little girl and being a teacher's assistant, and then okay, well. F- well, I'm going to be cooking. I'm going to be in the kitchen. And I've actually learned to cook quite well this year. Uh, <laughs> you didn't have a choice, I gotta be, right? <laughs> I didn't have a choice. And so, uh, you know, it's it's at some point, you know, you realize, hey, there's a bread machine. I don't, I, I've got a choice. I can try to make bread or I can go to the store. I don't want to leave the house most days. So, all right, let's just try to experiment. And you fail a number of times before you succeed. Um, and and such is life. I and mean, that's the same thing with my professional career. Uh, and so, yeah, it's 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 been a wild roller coaster in the last little while. And 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 so it continues. Uh, but the how's thing life is, for you? We are here. We have gotten through it, and we will continue we- to get through it. We've gotten through 2020. Uh, congratulations, everybody. We've made it. Um, <laughs> but. Uh, it's, it's at a point where, I mean, I know you're doing, uh, shows on the, this week in tech network and, uh, doing some board work there too, you know, yep. uh, doing the, uh, the, the technical, uh, uh side of things. Yep. And, and, and enjoying that, every minute of it. <laughs> that, that, I mean, you transitioned through this year as well to doing a lot of stuff remotely or to being extremely cautious when you have to go into the studio. Right. Um, right. You know, the studio is the, is the mothership for all of our podcasts, but, um, our leadership, Mr. and Mrs. Leo Laporte, uh, they they understand what's at stake with everyone's health and said, you know what, you're smart enough to to be able to work from home. You know, what they said to everyone is, as a team. So let's figure out how to work from home. We can still get great content out from our home. So let's let's do it. And we did. We're not under the mandate to close down the way the most of the state of California is because we're, we're still considered media. But we only go in there if we really, really have to. That's right. And, you know, I still see um, some uh, shows on that network where uh, uh, Leo's, uh, I, I watch security now and he goes into his own little uh, place. And if I'm watching live, I see him completely masked up yeah. um, to, uh, until he sits down and then put the masks right back on when he leaves. And and I, I think that that's a very important mentality that he, uh, Let me uh, give you another have. little behind the scenes on that. You see, he takes the mask off and put it on, you know, whenever he needs to. But what you don't see is right before he walks into his studio, he takes his shoes off and he puts really? on, That's a- puts on a pair of slippers that have been, you know, essentially sterile before That's he walks fantastic. into the studio. <laughs> I- well, and, okay. So, I mean, I, I think of myself as being a little bit overcautious sometimes. Uh, but, I mean, to, to be real for a moment, my wife is a registered nurse and she works in long-term care facilities. Um, oh. And, Bless and so we heart. have to be super cautious. And, yeah. uh, you know, she's, she's training uh, nurses, uh, registered nurses, uh, are, are RPNs, or they, I mean, they will be registered at some point and PSWs. Yep. And, and these are going to be the frontline people yep. that as soon as they're done working, uh, or are done learning and, and they're ready to go into the workforce, they're going to be relieving some of the most tired and stressed people and yeah. filling those shoes. Right. And so we see all of that around here. 
and we're very cautious. Uh, so I, if I go out anywhere, I take a shower when I get home. I, I yep. strip down in the garage and I just jump in the shower and yep. everything's sanitized. And it doesn't disrupt my day by more than five minutes to do these exactly. things. Exactly. Uh, but it's just that extra caution because I don't want to be responsible for somebody else, uh, being, uh, being hurt. And so that I kind of brings us to the first story here, because as a macro photographer, I, I can work from home. You know, I can yeah. record this podcast from home. I can do videos for, uh, DP review, uh, from home. And I want to pick those up again as soon as my hand is completely healed. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm not a really good hand model right now. It's quite hideous. No, not now. brother. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, the first story, uh, which uh, found on Petapixel, uh, how harrowing report paints bleak picture for wedding photogs amid COVID-19, which is basically they're covering a story from Texas Monthly. Uh, and the title of that article written by Emily McCuller uh, is Texas wedding photographers have seen some poop. I'll put yeah. it politely. Yeah. Uh, it's an expletive term. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I'll, I'll just describe... Uh, you know, I'm going to read uh, just a little bit of this because I think it just puts it into some level of context and then I want to send it off to you to, to see what your take is. Yeah, sure. Um, it's like, uh, I'll, I'll skip the first paragraph, but um, well, no, I'll start there. Uh, the wedding photographer had already spent an hour or two inside with the unmasked wedding party when one of the bridesmaids approached her. The woman thanked her for still showing up considering, quote, everything that's going on with the groom. When the photographer asked what she meant by that, the bridesmaid said the groom had tested positive for the coronavirus the day before. Quote, <sighs> she was looking for me to be like, oh, that's crazy. Like, I was going to agree with her that it was all fine, the photographer recalls. Continuing on, the photographer says, so I was like, what are you talking about? And she was like, oh, no, 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 don't freak out. He doesn't have symptoms. He's fine. The photographer, who has asthma, and three kids left with her assistant before the night was over. Her exit was tense. The wedding planner said it was the most unprofessional thing that she had ever seen. The bridesmaids accused her of heartlessly ruining an innocent woman's wedding day. She recalls one bridesmaid telling her, quote, I'm a teacher. I have 14 students. If I'm willing to take the risk, why aren't you? Another said, everyone is going to get COVID eventually, so uh, what's the big deal? The friend of the bride who spilled the beans cried about being, quote, the worst bridesmaid ever. After the photographer left, she canceled her Thanksgiving plans with family, sent her kids to relatives' houses so they wouldn't get sick, and informed the brides of her upcoming weddings that she'll be subcontracting those to other shooters. A few days later, she started to feel sick and, sure enough, tested positive for the coronavirus. She informed the couple, quote, but they didn't care, she says. Of course. They didn't offer to compensate her for the test, nor did they apologize for getting her sick. Okay. There's other photographers that have had other issues, including seeing people maskless that are wearing oxygen tanks mm -hmm. to breathe mm -hmm. in, in this article. And there's a rundown. There's an interview with a whole bunch of photographers. I encourage everybody to go and read this article. But I think that first story sums it up enough. Unpack this for me, Ant. What are your thoughts? Well, you're dealing with the state of Texas that is um, on the record being fairly wide open regarding uh, COVID-19 prevention, if you will, as um, far as it being spread. They're pretty wide open. Everybody's just doing what they do. They didn't really shut down anything. And kudos and, to and them for why, allowing people have, to work, you know. But, well, yeah, sure. But that's why they also have refrigerated trucks filled with dead bodies. Right. They're one of the largest states of people being infected and fatalities. So it, it, it goes hand in hand. But when I read through this story, it, it put into my mind just the, the, the attitude of people, you know, that, that one line where the teacher says, I'm a teacher and I, I have students and I'm willing to risk it. Why aren't you? That's just really, really selfish um, to assume that someone is going to uh, behave the way you are just because you feel righteous enough in your behavior. Um, you can't equate that to much of anything else. You know, hey, I'm driving around with no driver's license. Why don't you? You know, you, you yeah. wouldn't do it that way. 
Um, it's, it's, it's a lot of bravado and selfishness with this stuff. And it's really, really sickening and saddening. Unfortunately, there's also people out there that are out of work. And I'm not just talking about photographers, but a lot of people are out of work and they're having to come to the, to the grips of, okay, I got to do something to earn some income, even if there is a risk, you know, so some people will go in and work somewhere with mask on, um, even though it may be a little bit harder for them to work with those masks on. Same as a photographer going to do this wedding because that photographer still needs to eat and pay their bills. Of course. But, and I, I think that at that same point, though, um, Ant, that wedding photographers have, have been some of the hardest hit. And, and I'm sure yep. that, that if I were a wedding photographer, I'm glad I'm not, uh, mm-hmm. that uh, I would have an ironclad contract that said, you know, you follow all of these stipulations for COVID-19 protocols. Um, if the government mandates more strict ones between the time that you sign this and the wedding, then those are enacted as well. Right. And if they are violated, if these are violated, I, in the presence of the violation, will document it by taking pictures. I've got a camera in my hand mm-hmm. and I will leave and you don't get any refund. Mm-hmm. And that would be in the contract for the wedding. Mm-hmm. And I would not feel bad if I was put into this same scenario uh, and realized that, you know, there's a massive party with maybe only half the people wearing masks or hundreds of people gathering, dancing, hugging, kissing, shouting at each other in an indoor space. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say, no, that's that's not acceptable. Uh, that's not what I signed up for. I'm not going to risk myself. And I've never left a job before, yeah. you know. Uh, but I would in in that case. Yeah, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. And that makes perfect sense as a photographer, because number one, you should already have some sort of contract in place anyway before doing these things. You can have that additional rider in there to protect not only yourself, but also the people there at the party, too. You know, it, yeah. it's, it's, that's a mess. You know, it, he's he's clearly sick and infected. Um that's passing on to someone else there in the wedding party, someone that didn't even have to be involved in it. You know, they could have let it out and said, hey, you know, we we I have the, the virus. I'm not wearing a mask. You may want to stay home. You know, may I, I wonder your wishes, you know. I mean, I consider these photographers to be photojournalists at this point, right? I mean, yep. a wedding photographer is not really a photojournalist, but you're documenting the behavior of people during a global pandemic yeah. uh, and, and how they're not following the, uh, the, the proper policies and, uh, and, and guidelines. And those images, then I, I think that they actually have even more value than just simple wedding images because it was a wedding in 2020 with that kind of behavior. And sociologists are going to eat that up decades from now just to see and <laughs> yes. compare. I mean, this is this is just fodder for uh, university courses uh, yep. in, in the future, right? Yep. Uh, when, We're making when we history. Study, when, when we study human nature and how humanity <laughs> behaves in yep. certain scenarios. Um so there's that element of it too, but uh, on a on a semi personal note, I mean, I know I see you post on uh, on Twitter often, mm-hmm. you know, a video of you putting on a mask and basically encouraging everybody to to do the same. And and it's, mm-hmm. I hate that it's been politicized in in many different ways. It it, it shouldn't be. It's a it's a public health. It's a science thing. And so yeah. you know, we can talk we can talk science. But uh, I mean, on a more personal note. I, I mean, I, I hate to even go this way uh, because it, it's affected me. It's it's affected you know how I sleep at night um, and uh, and our lifestyles because um, uh, a while back uh, my mother in law was was here in uh, in Canada. I was supposed to go back early on in the pandemic. Finally, got a flight back to Bulgaria later on. Long story short, shortly after her arrival, uh, she was diagnosed with breast cancer. Went through surgery and oh. they recommended chemotherapy and. Um, Oh. They, they recommended chemotherapy for a strange reason. It was as a prophylactic. Her PET scan came back negative. So did the biopsies and such uh, yeah. for a- any further spread. And we thought, you know, it would be really terrible to go through chemo because that decimates your immune system. To, like right. you, you basically have none. Um, and so instead, uh, you know, she opted for and we in- encouraged it to go for radiation therapy. Well, uh, the morning of her final treatment of uh, radiation therapy, uh, she got a positive COVID-19 test result. And she yeah. is symptomatic. She lost her sense of smell and she's not feeling great right now. Had she gone through chemo, uh, she might not be with us. Right. It's been a lot and worse. She's still not on the other side of this. Oh, my uh, goodness. 
And mm. and my, my father-in-law, while he hasn't been tested, he is also showing symptoms as well. And he has a lot of comorbidities to, to this kind of an infection. Right. Uh, and they're half a world away. We can't do anything. They were infected from somebody else that was being careless. Uh, and I'm sure that they have been careful themselves. We've been encouraging them to be that way. Um, you don't know what your actions are going to be that will have an impact on somebody else. It could be somebody that's going out for the first walk in a long time fighting chemo, you know, fighting yep. cancer mm -hmm. uh, and, and, and going through those treatments. And, and your simply breathing in their direction will end their life. Yep. Um, th that is, I'm not going to say that's a common scenario, but it's one that's affecting me. And there's a lot of uncommon scenarios that bundled together have gotten us to the place the world is right now. Yeah. Uh, and I, we're, we're powerless to help on the other side, you know, and in, in Bulgaria, we can't, I mean, we can, you know, uh, send some care packages and we've done that, but that's, that's all we are capable of doing. So everybody, um, you know, think very seriously going into the Christmas holidays, how many people you meet and, and how you meet with them and, and how you, uh, how you behave, how you interact, how, um, how you treat the health and well-being of people that you don't know out in the yeah, world. You can't be selfish about it all. You can't. It, that's what I was saying about the teacher person uh, referenced in here. It's just, it was a selfish remark just because she feels oh, totally. a certain way. Everyone else should feel that way. And I'm going to say something that people are probably going to flip out on and, and wig out about, but this is how I feel. I have two teenage boys, fairly healthy, Quite honestly, I don't worry about them with if they get infected with COVID-19. I just don't. On the other side of that, I worry about my mother if she gets infected. You know, so I, I tell my boys, no, I'm not worried about you, but I want you to to take take into consideration other people. You know, just because you're doing very well with your health from the inside out. That doesn't mean everybody else is. So take in consideration right. that you may come along somebody that is infected and be able to pass it along to someone like your grandmother that may not be able to fight it off the way that you can. You or, know, so, you know, people that do recover, there's long lasting health impacts that might yeah. take years off of their life. Uh, yeah. Or, uh, you know, people have needed uh, organ transplants after they've quote unquote recovered. Recovered. Um, it's, yeah. It's, yeah. And, and so, just be cautious out there, everybody. Be uh, very respectful of the reason why Ontario, as we record this, just announced that we're going into full-on lockdown on uh, December 26th. Yeah, uh, we've been on it for two weeks now, again. And Yeah, you know, I, it, feels, it, it feels like um, I have been diligently bailing out a sinking ship. Non-stop, very stoically, you know, not uh, uh, not wavering in, in the protocols and the procedures. Um, uh, while other people are using the hull of said ship for target practice. <laughs> that's a great analogy. <laughs> <laughs> so anyhow, that's that's where we are. Uh, and uh, that's where those photographers are. And uh, if you're a wedding photographer out there listening to this, please, you know, send me an email. Let me know. Uh, tell me your story. Protect yourself. Uh, I mean, protect yourself, sure. Uh, but I, I want to... I, 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 I want to think this is isolated to just w like these few cases, but if if it was just in one area of Texas and six photographers were interviewed and this was crazy there, how are things going in Southern California? How are things going in Florida? How are things I going? I know Florida in has been having some weddings, um, and well, Florida yeah. is not having masks, so it's happening. They, they, there yeah, too. they have no mandates there. Uh, right. that, that's that's another story. Uh, the yep. adventures of quote unquote Florida man uh, will. <laughs> Entertain and depress us for for years. Uh, Indeed. <laughs> okay. I, I don't mean to pick on Floridians. I have many friends in Florida, and they are decent people. But uh, let's let, let's move on from this uh, and just stay safe out there, everybody. Going into the holidays, you wouldn't want there to be one fewer uh, people at the table next year. So we all stay home. We all stay safe, and uh, and that's that. Next story, which is back to cameras and geekery stuff and what mm. have you. So. Um, the uh, the new Leica SL2S. Uh, so they're piling up the uh, the letters and numbers here. Uh, is a more accessible video focused SL2, and uh, I guess the dash S moniker Sony started that with their uh, A7S series, and yeah. uh, they were lower resolution 
uh, sensors that tended to perform better, just higher pixel quality. And uh, that can also, when you have a, a lower resolution sensor, uh, enhance the, the video features of yeah, the Exactly. Camera. You don't have to uh, deal with the pixel binning. Exactly. And and so you can use the full width of the sensor uh, and, and there's other advantages in terms of your, your bit depth and, and your processing ability uh, to get the best quality uh, data uh, onto a card. So uh, Leica has been a really interesting brand in, in the last little while. You know, when they had their own exclusive mount, uh, you know, the, the M mount for the rangefinders and so on, it was yeah. always a, a a status symbol kind of on its own. Uh, you know, the uh, Leica uh, Noctilux 50 millimeter lens. You beat lens. me to the punch. You beat uh, me to the punch. Status symbol. <laughs> <laughs> a status symbol. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, that's a lens that, you know, if, if I would ever see one out in public, I'd almost think eh, that's what well, you spent that much on it. I mean, right. right. <laughs> uh, it's, I, I mean, it's even worse than seeing like somebody wearing those, uh, uh, those AirPod maxes. Like, you know, I, I know how much those cost mm-hmm. and I know how much my really old, uh, ear pods here that I'm wearing as we record this cost and ha- they, they still sound okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> still doing the job. Still doing the job. So, I mean, uh, but if we look at the cost of this thing, so, uh, uh, well, first of all, it's the original SL2 was a 47 megapixel camera. And so we've gone down from 47 megapixels to 24 megapixels, which it's a significant uh, jump down that 24 megapixel sensor is probably something very similar to what we've been seeing in like the the lumix um s1 and s1h uh the nikon i think it's the z6 and, and a z6. bunch of other 24 megapixel full frame cameras have been using a uh a, a sensor that like on the specs from dxo mark and everything else they're all so shockingly similar we don't know if they're all the same but you know you might want to assume something at assuming some point. that they are i would anyway yeah. Uh, so this camera has better video features than the uh, SL2. Uh, and it comes in at a price point that's a little bit less expensive. Um, but less expensive is what do I have in my notes here? Uh, $4,900. Um, $4,900 for, no. for just the body. Uh, and no. now that's down from, I think it's about $1,000 off of uh, the SL2 with uh, the higher uh, uh, megapixel sensor. So it's less expensive. But it's still like the, the, the Lumix S1H, I, a camera that I own and, and I mm-hmm. shoot videos with uh, quite often. Um, that's that clocks in at four thousand dollars US. Uh, with 6K it has a fully artic- capability, right? Six K capability, fully articulating screen. Where the SL2S has a, just a fixed screen, doesn't even tilt. Um, and uh, you know, ProRes RAW uh, recording to an external recorder, and a lot of other bells and whistles that are really helpful for video shooters at almost $1,000 less than this. Mm-hmm. And the most comparable camera in this setup uh, in terms of features would be the Lumix S1. Also probably the same sensor. Uh, and it uh, it only costs $2,500, mm-hmm. almost half the price uh, as, the, uh, as this Leica SL2S. Uh, and it's got, if you look at the feature setups, it's got an articulating screen or not articulating, a uh, tilting screen. Um, yeah. And everything else is maybe marginally different, uh, but let's just call them a 5% deviation of one another in terms of features, but a nearly 100% increase in cost to go and get that Leica red dot. So look here, what is, let me come at you with a different (laughs) angle because you just put in, you just put up some great examples of um, other options with the, the Lumis line, but why didn't you mention the S5? Oh, it's a beautiful camera too. And that's actually a a much more compact version of the S1. Yes. And And the latest firmware updates where you can record externally. Uh, You get get 6K recording externally with the latest firmware. 5.9 ProRes RAW externally. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So so again, status symbol people. (laughs) Yeah. Well, (laughs) exactly. And so you get the Leica brand. Um, But, you know, is that brand, is they... First of all, there's two questions here. Is the brand a quote unquote experience? And is the experience of the camera, the way that the menu systems are laid out, the ergonomics of it, uh-huh. uh, were worthy of an increase in price, even if it had a different name on it? Say it said uh, Yashica. Mm-hmm. And and I'm I'm making a very uh, bold yeah. comparison to the uh, Yashica Y35 camera, which was the worst camera ever. Uh <laughs> 
and I'm not saying that it's that, but I'm just saying that a brand can easily be tarnished by things, this is true. right? A brand, a brand on its own doesn't uh, doesn't hold substance if it loses its pedigree. Yeah, I I don't think it's worth it. Um, whenever I think Leica, I don't ever think video. And if anyone is thinking video, they're typically not going to think Leica either. They're going to think more along the lines of the A7 uh, S series. Heck, they're probably even thinking more about the the FX FX series from Sony, or mi- Micro Four or Thirds, even Micro yeah. Four Thirds, or um, C three hundred. Somewhere along those lines, they're not necessarily. If they're really serious about video, Leica never tends to come to mind. Leica comes to mind with photography and beautiful optics, but video not so much so you're going to pay a premium price for that that brand name it really reminds me of the way apple has done it their way with just you know they got the apple tax isn't that what people call it's the apple tax and to apple's credit they're still doing just fine because there are people out there that's still going to spend the 500 bucks for those headphones just as just like there's going to be a a handful of people that are going to buy this uh, like a SL2 for whatever reason. You know, it is what it is, but I don't think this is something that I would recommend. I'm not going to call this a horrible camera or a bad camera or anything well, I'm like sure that. it's a delightful camera. And, and if put a good photographer behind even a bad camera, you'll get great photos. That's the um, point. <laughs> a bad camera can still have great uh, output depending on who's the operator. So, Dollar for dollar, I'm going to go the other way on this spectrum, not necessarily towards the $4,900. That's not something adding up to be like the S1H or anything like that. Exactly. And I, I, of all the other cameras that you mentioned, uh, and I, I snuck in Micro Four Thirds with the, the GH cameras from Panasonic, GH, who yes. are, are, known, are known for their uh, video features. All of them are less expensive than this, except mm-hmm. for the C300, which uh, you can get, I think, the Mark II, I just looked it up on B&H for 7000 The Mark okay. III is at 11000 Um But I mean, that's if you're really serious about video. Right. Uh, and you're not going to be looking at, at a camera that has a nice feature set of video functionality when Leica has really built its pedigree, you know, I'll use that word again, mm-hmm. uh, in still photography. Yep. Uh, not to say that they haven't done video in the past, but it's never been something that they've been, um, uh, you know, praised for, let's mm-hmm. say. So uh, it's out there. Uh, the Leica SL2S is, uh, uh, is in the hands of uh, well, the, the link to the um, uh, in the show notes at photogeekweekly.com will bring you to a great review from Chris Nichols and Jordan Drake on DP Review TV. Uh, and they really <laughs> go through all the different features and they kind of have the same mentality that we do. Yeah, um, yeah I guess Leica still has to pay a premium f- for their brand because that's what they've always done. But yeah, the proof is in the pudding. When you take a photograph, just because you're shooting it on a Leica doesn't necessarily make it a great image. And right. I've, I've had, I've had some students of mine um, that have had cameras um, that were well beyond. I mean, they they could afford them, so they bought them, right? But yeah, but, but they they were well beyond their skill level. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've seen that too with the community <laughs> I used to run. <laughs> and, and and it's fine. You know, you want to buy the most expensive camera that you can afford because you think that that gives you an edge. It, it might in some ways. Uh, I have very expensive cameras that, that I use. Uh, and uh, oftentimes because clients are asking for specific uh, mm-hmm. things. But um, I, I was just doing a print uh the other day, I, I haven't done a lot of printing and I'm trying to, you know, focus on my book when I'm doing professional work, but I got to print something once in a while. Otherwise my printers, uh, ink heads, uh, or the, the print heads get clogged and yep. they're like 500 bucks a piece to replace. It's got two of them. Ooh. Um, so I like to print stuff once in a while, uh, just to kind of keep that machine running. And I had a request for a print, uh, from, uh, 2012, and it was done with, I think, a 20 megapixel camera. No, an 18 megapixel camera at the time. Hmm. Uh, and they wanted a, uh, a 48 by 32 inch print on canvas. Uh, and I'm actually shipping that uh, out your way uh, to California. It's All right. It's going to be fun to figure out how to create that thing up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's a big so, and 48. Yeah, 48 by 32. So, uh, but I, you know, I, I made the print. And, and I, I looked back on the original file and I thought, mm, I mean, it looks good on the web, but I got to remaster this. And I spent an, an extra 
uh, you know, 30, 40 minutes just in Photoshop using some of the new tools available to us in terms of yeah. noise reduction and texture enhancement and so on. Yeah. Um, just to uh, uh, kind of bring it into 2020. Um, and, and I, just going through that process and knowing all the tools that have come out over the last little while and, and how they all kind of came together just organically as I started to learn them and looking mm -hmm. back at that old work and seeing where I didn't know any of them, like, well, they didn't exist. Uh, and, and thinking, okay, well, I'm going to make this image really sing here for this print. Um, and I think that a photographer, regardless of what camera you're using, regardless of what resolution that camera is, uh, wh whatever vintage it is, I, I still make prints of images that I took with a, a Canon 5D Mark II. Yeah. Uh, and that was released in 2008. I was going to say 07, so, but you may be right. Yeah, I, th I think it's 08, uh, Christmas of 08. I remember having it then and it was, I pre-ordered it. So, um, and, uh, and some of those images are some of my best selling and unfortunately also my most stolen, but stolen that, that's ones. another, that's another story. <laughs> um, but we, we march forward and I was shooting raw the entire time, uh, which is great because now I can go back and I can even pull up the original raw files for any of this and just completely redo the edit from scratch. That's a um, beautiful thing. It is, uh, especially because those raw processors have been getting better and better. And, and that kind of leads into the next story um, where uh, Apple has rolled out their own raw format. And it's not the first time that you can shoot raw on an iPhone. You could have used third-party apps to generate DNG files in the past, which a lot yeah. of people did. Um, but Apple has uh, their new, um, uh, their Pro Raw, not to be confused with ProRes Raw, and that's for the video folks. This video is, side. Uh, this is on the uh, the iPhone 12 Pro and 12 Pro Max. Um, and so from F-Stoppers, I found an article, what is Apple Pro Raw? Uh, and a look into the new hybrid uh, raw format for iPhone. Now, I, I don't know, uh, and if you have an iPhone 12 Pro, Pro Max, or you plan on getting a future iPhone that has this functionality, um, but I don't. But the thing is, I've always had respect for the Apple hardware. Um, they do some beautiful industrial design first and foremost, but then they also tend to figure out a way to make their hardware just flat out work seamlessly and much better than yeah. anybody else's hardware. It may not always have the top-notch spec on the hardware side of things, but you would never know it just because of how they've tuned it, if you will, you know? So yeah, and, yeah, and there's I've no always way to them compare. Kudos. Hmm? Right. There's no way to compare to anybody else because right. uh, it's in its own ecosystem, right? right. Uh, it uh, It's like uh, comparing, uh, like, I don't know, like uh, video game consoles from the 16 bit era it's like <laughs> you know you, there's no possible way for you to do a proper comparison from one to the other it, it's all about the engineering and i'm still to this day amazed at how good super mario brothers 3 looks on the nes when everything else from that console looks like complete garbage so true um, because the programmers <laughs> made it sing right? right they just that 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 was where the magic was and and so apple is doing the same thing here um knowing full well that uh, you know, the mobile workflow uh, of actually taking an image behind the scenes, the stuff we don't see is taking multiple images, generating depth maps, uh, doing uh, uh, neural recognition of faces and pets and, you know, all within all milliseconds, all within milliseconds. And, and that is thrown away. Uh, and uh, th well, it's used, of course, mm -hmm. to generate the, the final image in portrait mode or whatever, but then it's thrown away whenever you get the uh, the high efficiency, uh, you know, file or the what JPEG do they call file, high file, yeah, high <laughs> efficiency image format. Uh, so, uh, yeah, that's it's, 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 if you want to get a file format to catch on, come up with a better acronym for it. Yeah, that's all I'm saying, <laughs> something pronounceable. <laughs> it's, uh, so in, in this case now, um, that extra data, uh, which to me, it's important that there's the depth map information in there, uh, yeah. is not thrown away. That gets, as in addition to all of the raw data that we'd normally associate with a raw file photo, um, it gets kind of put into this wrapper that includes the raw file as just a DNG. So it's compatible with any program that can recognize that. Yeah. Um, so you want to throw these images into Lightroom when you turn it on? 
and, and it's not hard to turn on. You just go into your menu in the settings camera app and you can flip on a, a pro raw toggle. And then in the app itself, the camera app, there's a little bra button at the top uh, right corner yep. that you just turn it on. Uh, and I tried this and it works perfectly fine where, uh, if, uh, you know, I want to send an email, uh, just take, take a photo. Maybe it's just turn it on and leave it on all the time. And just, if, if I need to send a photo in a text message or an email or whatever, it'll show up in the proper format. It's not, it's going to convert it from the pro mm -hmm. raw to whatever it is at that time. Um, and I, I think that it's, it's never been a part of my workflow to really care about, uh, raw on my phone. They've always been snapshots. They've been photos of labels at the grocery store. They've been, uh, you know, just throw, I don't want to say throwaway images, but those happy snaps that, that weren't the methodically planned images um, that I would do with my regular cameras. And so mm -hmm. raw wasn't as, uh, as important, but as soon as you start to pack in things like the depth map and, and the, uh, the neural detection of different things, it really makes me wonder how much control I could take, uh, over an image in post-processing software that utilizes that information of which none exist right now. Um, but if I could really massage an image in say Lightroom has a pro raw, uh, mode, uh, that allows me to, uh, you know, blur the background based on depth map information or, mm -hmm. uh, to, to move a slider to brighten faces that have already been detected. Um, and yeah, we can do some things like that and it's becoming better and better. But, um, I, I think that now I will be shooting in pro raw, uh, even if I don't need to, I got the 256 gig version of the phone and I don't take photos with it every day. You get it'll be space. a long time. <laughs> it'll be a long time before I fill that up at about 25 megabytes an image, mind you. But yeah, I got space. And yep. if I have to go back and start deleting stuff or offloading it, then, then, then I can do that. Um, but I got a feeling that I won't reach capacity of this phone before the next one comes out. Right. Uh, and then the next one, if I really found it valuable to be shooting pro raw, um, I'll get the 512 uh, gig version of whatever that the next phone is, because it's always going to be an option or terabyte, okay, whatever. It's, 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 it's a rolling target. But even with that said, let's say you were just full on into this workflow of mobile photography and in, in raw at that, you're not going to keep those, those files on your device forever anyway, because your workflow says I need to get these off onto a drive. That's going to be backed up. And yep. part of my backup procedure that's here locally, as well as in the cloud, as well as offsite somewhere. So the amount of space on the phone is just a problem initially. Uh, long-term it's not a problem. Uh, yeah. And it's, I guess the same argument could be made. I don't leave all of my photos I've ever taken on the same memory card. Right. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I clear my memory card as soon as I'm done a shoot. And yeah, yep. you know what? I've got like 256 gigabyte SD cards sitting here yeah. and I've got similar sized uh, uh, XQD and, uh, and and CF Express cards uh, yep. because when I'm shooting, I, yeah, I don't want to run out of space on a shoot. Uh, of course. But that's when I'm shooting, what, like 10 frames per second at 47 megapixels <laughs> and, and, and shooting, you know, 300 photographs of the same snowflake for focus stacking, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's, that's the craziness I get up to. Yeah, I'll fill up that space. Yeah. Um, I won't on my phone. But um, do you see this legitimizing a phone even more so than it has been before as a professional imaging device? I do not because I think that we're already there because of something that you <laughs> okay. said early. Because of something you said earlier, it depends on whose hands that phone is in. Um, yeah. You know, when, when the thing that bugged me the most about this marketing from not only Apple, but also with Google is when they put in these, the ads up to say, hey, this new phone, we shot this photo, this magazine cover with the phone and blah, 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 blah. We shot this video with the phone and blah, 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 blah. They never show you the hands that that was managing that phone. They never show you the actual work that went into it. Uh, I believe it was with the Google phone. And I know this is an Apple story, but I believe it was with the Google Pixel 4. Miss Annie Leibovitz was the spokesperson, if you will. And they showed all of her beautiful, magical work. And if you flip through that uh, bit of um, marketing 
and pause on maybe two frames, you'll see she has a case around her phone where she can have a steady grip and no shake. She had a couple of different soft boxes in the same scene. Uh, she had a couple of different uh, members of her team there with reflectors. So, yeah, that's how she's getting all of this magical photography out of yeah, this smartphone. Shot, shot on an iPhone. It's not, it's not the iPhone. I mean, the iPhone is the center of it. But if you ever see like a, a professional video shoot and they yeah. say, oh, it's shot on iPhone, technically you're right. But then you build in the cage. You yes. build in all, all like this, this whole apparatus around it. You can't see my hands are going, yeah. I don't know, like a foot around, uh, around the camera. <laughs> um, but th- that's... That's not the device. No. That's the that that that's always been the tools that you need to create your craft. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, it's never been easier to uh, remotely fire strobes from your phone. Right. There's lots of uh, uh, lots of compatibility now with the professional tools. There's um, little plug-in dongles uh, mm-hmm. that can function as triggers and transmitters as well. So, yep. I mean that. It, it becomes more uh, of a professional device, but to, I mean, to go back to our, our first story, w- would you go and show up at a, at a wedding as the professional photographer with your phone? I don't, I don't think that flies. I, no, I think that it's not going to fly unless you have just enough clout and balls to do so. Um, I did, <laughs> I did a headshot session a couple of years ago um, with a comedian and I had my pixel. This is with the original pixel. Now that I think about it, I had my original pixel there with me because that was my daily driver. And as I'm doing my work for this session, I, I, I felt good about everything that I had, but I said, Hey, you know what? I want to shoot some more with my phone. Do you mind? And of course the model looked at me like, are you crazy? No, don't do that. And I said, let's just, just humor me a bit. You know, yep. but at the same time, I also knew that I had adequate lighting set up that I could control right there on the set um, in the little mobile tripod in case I needed to be. I knew I had all of my tools in place to be able to create the image, regardless of what sensor was capturing the image. You know, you know and it's it, it's a it's um, a project of mine. You know, I, I found I've got a, a number of um, eBay alerts on for obscure camera equipment. Uh, and one of them, I am not uh, surprised. <laughs> and one of them was for the, uh, the Panasonic KXL 600A. It's the very first camera that Panasonic ever made. Uh, Mid 90s, I think, is, is the time frame. I'd have to look it up specifically. Um, wow. But, you know, it, it has. Uh, I don't know if I can, I've, I'll have to figure out how I can actually take this off again. Oh, I've got to press this release button and then there we go. It comes apart. Um, the LCD screen and nobody can see this, but, but, and, um, was an optional accessory. Like it was, okay. <laughs> you had to buy that separately. Wow. Um, For those that are and, listening, if you've ever seen the DXO one, it sort of reminds me of the DXO one that you would attach to the iPhone back in twenty. 10 or so yeah something like that and so uh but i mean it was high tech at the time it had a built-in nd filter you know how many cameras today have that? It, it has it has a telescoping viewfinder that pops up right because i don't know why but you know, <laughs> <laughs> so but but the point is that that that's like a i don't know a 640 by 480 or 800 by 600 type of uh a camera resolution mm, VGA very a res uh i I want to take that and I want to make uh, an image that I think is worthy of printing. Yeah. And I want to make a print of that. Like obviously not a big one, but say like a five by seven or 11 by 14 um, and uh, try to sell it. And, uh, and, and not to tell anybody what camera that I use to take the photograph, but I will Mm -hmm. after they've committed to the buy. Mm -hmm. Um, And this could be like at an art show or something. And, uh, you know, obviously I haven't been doing them this year and maybe not even next, but Mm -hmm. I think that would be just such a fun social experiment because every time I do those art shows, people are always asking me, oh, what camera do you use? You must have a great camera. And and I I just, I mean, I've used so many cameras. I don't even remember what cameras certain images were taken with anymore. So I just basically say, yeah, I've used a lot of cameras. But, uh, But I want to definitively say, no, no, actually I don't. This is done with the worst possible camera that you could ever imagine owning. Uh, <laughs> just to prove a point. <laughs> just to prove a point. And, 
you know what? I might annoy somebody, but I'll feel really good inside. And I, I guess, a, <laughs> I guess I've, I've done a similar experience because on my gallery, uh, if you go to antpruitt.com slash prints, there is one image in there that has been sold several times. Uh, it's called Mystical Trail. And it was shot with one of the Google Pixels. I can't remember if it was the original Pixel or the Pixel 2. But that thing is sold. And Pruitt with two T's uh, mm-hmm. dot com. And we'll have the link to that in the show notes as well. And people have bought that thing. And when I tell them that I shot that with a phone, the jaw just drops, you know, because <laughs> it doesn't yeah. matter if you know what you're doing, you know. Exactly. And, uh, and, and so then there you go. Uh, the mobile space is becoming, you know, more powerful, uh, yeah. giving more tools and functionality to those that know how to use it properly. And to those that don't and don't care, well, status quo. I mean, you just press yeah. the portrait button and, you know, you, you get your fancy blurry background and it, the image looks magical. You don't do anything and that's fine. Um, but if you want to be that professional photographer that also has a mobile phone, it is no longer, I think, just that thing for snaps. Right. Um, because the idea of spending the, what, twelve dollars or $13,000 on a Noctilux 0.95 lens from Leica, mm. um, it, yeah, mm-mm. That is a, it's a <laughs> <laughs> that, that is, I, you could get a nice car for that price. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> Maybe not a nice car, but a car. In my world, you can get a couple cars for that price. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, if you're buying pre-owned, for sure. Uh, But the the idea of of spending that much money to get a particular look and feel, Uh does it matter that pieces of glass bent light in a specific way or if the image data was interpreted in a way to create an identical result? Um, I think that in the past, that distinction truly mattered to most people. And I think that moving forward, that distinction is less and less obvious, especially when, and this is key, it's not just pressing that portrait button. It's if you right. wanted to shoot that pro raw format, and then you decide how that depth map is applied as part of your artistic process, mm-hmm. then that I think is what bridges the gap all the way back to now no longer needing that Noctilux or that Nikon uh, yeah. that or, uh, Noct. That's a good point. Yeah. I do have some of those files uh, sent to me, or one of my co-workers and co-hosts, Mr. Micah Sargent. He and Mr. Laporte, they have the the latest iPhone, the 12 Pro Max, however you call it. I can never remember mm-hmm. those long names. And he you sent me it. a couple of those files to play with because I don't shoot iPhone, but I was curious to see how it's going to work out. But he did send me a zip folder of files this weekend to play around with. Well, and again, you will not be able to unlock the full potential of those files until uh, software utilizes all of the extra layers that are included yeah. within that. Uh, right. But you can treat it just like a regular raw file right now. And uh, uh, and in the future, it will be even more valuable. Uh, yeah. You know, I'd, So I'd encourage anybody to at least just try it. You know, if, if you are making a nice family portrait this year, uh, and, and I'll probably be doing something uh, on around Christmas Day with just my wife and, and, and my daughter uh, in the backyard, and, um, you know, I, I might just be tempted to leave the big fancy camera at home, uh, because just as a family memory, the, the pro raw file on there, I know that I'll be able to play with it more in the future. And I'll, it's an image I'll go back to right. because this year and, and this Christmas is going to be one of the most memorable, uh, of on records. So, of course, and you're counting on the iterations from software. So. Yeah, exactly. And so you know it's going to get better, and mm-hmm. especially if it's Apple that's putting it out. Now, if it was somebody uh, lesser than Apple, Samsung, or Google that came out with their own uh, format, mm-hmm. even if it was Sony with their Xperia uh, phones, which are great uh, in terms of their photographic qualities, but if it was them coming out with their own RAW format as Sony loves to do, I just don't think the industry would adopt it as well as if this started with Apple. Yeah. Now, regarding that Sony, that, that touch a, touched a nerve with me. I've played with several of their Xperia phones um, for reviewing purposes, and the, the image quality is always just mwah, beautiful. <laughs> the experience is the problem. They're the yeah. slowest dadgum cameras on phones for whatever reason. It, and I'm like, why is this so bad, you know? I, I remember the the uh, the first iteration of the Xperia One, 
uh, actually included a feature that I wish was on my current phone. I don't see why it's not technically possible to have uh, 940 frames per second, uh, you know, slow motion video. Even, I don't not? care if it's for a quarter of a second. You know, it's just, just I, I could do so much with that yep. if I time it right. And yep. uh, I could do like water droplets colliding together yes, and go would be beautiful. and it would just be so beautiful. And mm-hmm. you know what? I'd have to do it a lot of times to, to make sure I, I hit the mark on that. But I, I, Sony took it away on the later um, Xperia phones and they haven't yeah. brought it back, I don't think. Yeah. And probably because it was such a limited amount of time and the usefulness for some people. I don't care if I have to go into three levels of menus and flip a toggle switch to turn it on. Give me that. Do it. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Just do that. Anyhow, uh, from the extreme high tech and pushing the limits of what technology and artistry can offer, we go low tech to our final story. Uh, And that is reported from DP Review, a makeshift beer can pinhole camera. As soon as you mentioned beer and camera in the same, uh, you know, collective now and i feel very interested in the topic uh, <laughs> accidentally captures quote the longest known exposure and so this is actually a fun experiment that most people can do um you, you take a it doesn't have to be a beer can it can be a pop can soup can whatever yep. um and you can uh put a pinhole in it i mean you might have to drill a larger hole and then put in a piece of aluminum and then poke a tiny little hole in that hole uh or in in that uh, uh in that aluminum so you have a very small hole and uh, put a piece of photographic paper in behind. And uh, and then that photographic paper normally is used for exposing a print, uh, like from an enlarger. But they actually work really, really well for l- extreme long exposures. Uh, we're talking not just minutes, not days, but months. Um, and uh, you can set out a can. And it's actually might be prudent to do this right now uh, because the best time to do this is at a solstice. And we're recording this at a solstice uh, where the sun is at the lowest point in the sky. And then you go six months later, it's going to be at the highest point in the sky and you can collect your beer can. uh, And, uh, and then I'm not sure exactly how these prints are, uh, are properly imaged. uh, If they're scanned, uh, the light exposure to the print will actually overexpose the paper. So you only get like one scan on it before it's ruined. And if you scan right. at a rate with a scanner that is um, at a resolution where it has to stop at a certain point uh, to offload data and keep going, then it gets ruined in the process. So it might be better just to take a photo of it, which I think is what they did here. Um, but uh, so a photographer, uh, Regina uh, Valkenborg, um set up one of these uh, 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 cameras um, when she was studying for her uh, uh, Master of Arts Fine Art degree at the University of uh, Hertfordshire in the UK and set one up and uh, promptly forgot about it. And then somehow remembered more than eight years later Mm -hmm. and uh, it was still there. Uh, 2,953 day long exposure. Um, I I beg to differ on that though. Um, you really think that was being captured for eight years? You know, that paper, uh, how long is that paper, the photo paper going to last? Uh, just uh, Well, months? so there, there's two things at play here. So long as it's dry, it uh, mm-hmm. should be fine. Uh, and so there's that part of it. The other part of it would probably have to do with reciprocity. Are you familiar okay. with the term? Yes. Right. So, uh, I mean, I, I know it in terms of film, uh, I'm assuming it applies to all photosensitive materials, although I'm, that's an assumption. I could be wrong. Um, whereas the longer uh, it is exposed to light, the less sensitive to that light uh, it becomes. And this reciprocity failure um, can be calculated and, in fact, needs to be calculated when you're using certain film stocks doing long exposures because the exposure will actually have to be longer than right. what you expect it to be in order to get the proper exposure proper value because of this. Exactly. So um, I I fully believe that that can was out there for eight plus years. Yeah, um, I don't doubt that. I, I don't know, though, if the film was sensitive to light after a particular point because of reciprocity. I'd have to dig into the exact paper used. And and I don't think anybody, I think it's an Ilford paper, but I don't think Ilford has even tested the reciprocity (laughs) of their papers being exposed for year-long exposures. So that's an unknown to us. Ilford got this story and was like, what? That was ours? (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, they, uh, I, you know, I should buy some photosensitive paper just to try to do one of these experiments. I'm sure I could get something on Amazon or B&H or, or yeah. wherever because no local store would, would carry it, but I could probably get it quickly enough to maybe miss the solstice, but be close enough thereafter to, uh, to set one up outside and just give it a shot. And or definitely somewhere a, where it's not going to be disturbed by people or nature. Um, the beauty yeah, of this one is it was taped up onto the, the side of the building, right? Yeah, uh, of an observatory. And so you've got all of these uh, observatory domes uh, where the camera was set up, uh, where there's very few people that ever go there. I I could strap one to my chimney. We got some uh, very big old wood trees in the backyard. I could strap one to a sturdy part of a trunk. You know, there there are places that I could put them just at home here. that, uh, that that might be interesting to do. So yeah, see, I would worry uh, about squirrels and things like that, but the chimney seems like it would be pretty pretty safe there. Yeah, and we've got actually a um, uh, a draft inducing chimney fan on the top of our, our chimney uh, to uh, to make our antique coal stove in my studio all the more safer and uh, and efficient. And uh, that prevents uh, any squirrels from having any interest of yeah. going into my chimney. <laughs> <laughs> Love All right. It. Well, that uh, that brings us to the end of our stories for the week. But uh, before we get into our picks of the week, where can people find you online and all of the uh, the multimediography stuff that you do with the Twit Network and otherwise? Oh, yes. You can find me on the Twitterverse. I'm pretty active over there. I am at underscore Pruitt on Twitter. And I share all of the content from Twit TV. Uh, my show, Hands on Photography, is twit.tv slash hop as well as twit.tv slash hot for hands on tech, where I've been doing a couple of different reviews, product reviews over there. Some of them, some have been just general consumer tech. Heck, I even got my hands on that Lumens S1 S5 a couple months ago and really enjoyed playing with that. So yeah, check me out there. Yeah. And uh, hey, uh, I, I know that uh, it, it's been properly announced, but uh, j- just for the record, what has happened to hands on wellness? Hands-on Wellness, we have now rolled it into the Hands-on Tech feed. Uh, I'm going to continue to do Hands-on Photography with twit.tv slash hop, but we definitely wanted to just sort of segregate everything from from what I was doing at hop and putting it over into Hands-on Tech because it just seems to be a better fit for it because we talk about a little bit of everything in that feed. Um, even when I was doing hands-on wellness, some of the things I had to take a bit of a stretch every now and then to say, okay, this is health related and it's also tech ish, or this is tech ish and health ish. And (laughs) that's all tech anyhow, right? So it just, it should go all into that same stream. So just put it all in the same feed and it just works so much better there. And we're looking forward to that. All right. Well, um, uh, Next up, I guess we're into the the picks of the week. Of course, you can find the show notes to this at photogeekweekly.com. And you'll find my contact information if you want to comment on this episode or any past episodes. Give us ideas for future stories, future guests, etc. at photogeekweekly.com. And I guess just a a quick shout out at the end of the year, uh, especially if people's computers are being uh, idle, there might be a little bit of time that that you might want to, uh, you know, consider... Uh, putting to folding at home a project that we've mentioned before and there's a lot of people um, that have been on my own uh, folding at home team uh, after mentioning it on this podcast before so just a shout out to those people Uh, i'm going to run down the list from um, ess uh, alessio guastini kick gas phil clark arctic penguin ian schultz uh, mark blomquist gh1949 chris hand craig cassikert uh, team 1937r0 Twiddle Photo, Phil Human, A-E-I-O-U, and Stephen Wampler that are all actively folding proteins for the betterment of science and human health. Um, and awesome. uh, And I, I keep doing that on a regular basis, and I encourage if you've got a CPU or a GPU that uh, is going to be just uh, running and sitting idle as you enjoy uh, the, uh, the Yule time with, uh, with your family, um, consider signing up for this and contributing to the research that they uh, that they're doing and meaningful things come from that for humanity. That's not my pick. And that's just a, a shout out to those people that have been contributing on previous mentions and a thank you to them. Um, so how about uh, you, you give me your pick first, Ant? My pick 
Uh, you know, this year, 2020, we everybody had to do some sort of a pivot, whether it was um, jobs are shutting down and you had to figure out how to do some things at home or things at home had to be utilized a lot more, such as those laptop webcams that we all hate. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you know, and so that meant we did a lot of Zoom meetings and, and Google Hangouts and Skype calls and things like that. And it was a pretty hard transition for people because the cameras just didn't look good when all they needed was some additional lighting to, to help it out. Um, yeah, your 720p camera is not the best, but just having adequate lighting could make a world of difference. Also find a milk crate, stick your laptop on a milk crate, elevate the camera to your eye level. And just little things like that can make a big difference. Yep. Just raise it up and it'll be so much better. And so people were trying to find better light sources out there. And there was a run on a, a brand called Elgato, um, who had a, a pretty much a, the market for streaming uh, gamers and Twitch, Twitch Live users and so forth. They but make those the prices deck, could be they? pretty expensive. What's that? Do, do they make the Stream Deck? Is it the same yes, company? they do. Yeah. They had all of the tools built for people that are doing online presentations, but they were pretty expensive. And we came across a set of lights at the network at Twit called DASNY, and they're the D50 Delta 50 model. D-A-Z-N-E, yeah. And these things are the direct competitor to those super expensive Elgato key lights, and they work just as good, and they're half the price. Yeah, I'm looking at them right now. They're 220 uh, on Amazon with a coupon that you can click a button and get 20 bucks off of that for certain. Two hundred dollars gives you the stands, um, and it gives you a remote. The remote is a little bit wonky at times. I barely use the remote, but I use one, I use one as a background light, and I use another one as a hair light from time to time. And it's just it's beautiful. It just flip it on, turn the knob to check the to set the color temperature to whatever you want. Typically fifty six hundred K for me, and uh, yeah, if you got some gels, throw some gels on it, and you got beautiful lighting for your next virtual meeting or uh and youtube unfortunately if you're in canada they are not as as cheap uh i can buy them from the u.s amazon (laughs) but it's going to cost me 116 dollars and six cents of shipping and import fees on top of the the cost and then i just looked it up on amazon.ca and they don't sell it via prime but from a third party uh and it has a price tag of 557 dollars in shipping uh so i don't know (laughs) If I'll be able to find one here in Canada, but for all of my American friends, uh, I'm so this sorry, is, Canada. Yeah, I'm a selfish American. <laughs> <laughs> Only so, thinking of me. <laughs> I hey, it's all good. Uh, it's gotten uh, incredible ratings, and if you vouch for it, uh, and you're able to get it at the advertised price that I see on Amazon.com without any exorbitant additional fees, then I'd say go for that. You know, yeah, I've got like a I light said, bank I above use me, it, but. And- I use them, and I know Mr. Chief Twit, Leo Laporte, he uses them too. So, Fantastic. There's an endorsement. (laughs) Thank you for that, and I appreciate (laughs) it. And the link to that, of course, will also be in the show notes at photogeekweekly.com. And that brings me to to, to my pick. And it's one that's uh, kind of close to home. Uh, uh, You don't really care about the story, but uh, I went to college... (laughs) with a guy who ended up getting hired uh, at a web hosting company uh, that ended up being called HostGator. Um, and I, I was with them as a client for a good number of years. Uh, they are part of the endurance group. There's a lot of different uh, web hosting companies under that brand. Um, but the the founder of HostGator uh, had sold the company and decided to start his own hosting company again from scratch. And brought my my friend uh, along as uh, if I'm not sure what his official title is. If I call him uh, CTO, it's probably close enough to accurate. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the brains behind it, and uh, uh, and I was an early client before they were offering it publicly, helping them work some uh, you know uh, some of the, the 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 gremlins out of the machine. Yeah, and I, I noticed almost immediately 
that uh, my uh, my WordPress websites were ridiculously faster. Like the loading times on HostGator were so long as just a shared account um, that sometimes I would get people complaining to me saying, hey, is your website down? I can't seem to like buy something from you because it might take more and than a minute. you're spending so much time trying to upload lower lower res files just for that. Uh, yeah, oh, it, it, was the, it was the PHP and the database stuff that was uh, it just, it, it, it was being re-spun up every time a page Ugh. loaded. Whereas, uh, what I think what Create's doing beh- behind the scenes, so this is create.com, uh, is this new web host. Um, they, uh, they just keep it all in active memory. Uh, at, at least they are right now. So when something needs to, to load, it's already kind of loaded. Uh, yeah. And I, they're doing something unprecedented right now. Uh, for WordPress, ho- uh, WordPress hosting, web hosting, or reseller hosting, even reseller hosting, they're giving you an entire year free. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm doing just the regular web hosting package and There's the regular no package might, might, might only cost me like $8 a month, but no, they're, they're, they're trying to take back the industry here. And so they're giving you an entire year free, regardless of what hosting package you want to sign up for. Unbelievable. So, and, and they made the transition process of like sucking all of the data out of my existing hosting provider into this new one a one button press. I had to give my login information and then press a button and they took everything over. They took all of my websites, all of my emails, all of my configured redirects, all, like all of my PHP, uh, uh, my MySQL databases and everything. And went shloop, plop. Wow. Right, perfect. Like in, in, in and it just worked flawlessly. Wow. So uh, they get my pick now that I can, I've been using them for a while. Uh, I've been using them for about half of this year, but now that they are publicly soliciting clients, they're doing so in a way that yeah, it might cost them a lot of money to, if they're giving it away for free. And if they, <laughs> but but then I I just know people are going to stay there, and it's just that's uh, that that's their risk assessment that once people get switch onto a host and they're happy with them that they're just going to keep them supporting and, uh, Web, WordPress, Drupal, Magneto, Joomla, and many more. <laughs> oh, they, they do everything you could imagine. And, uh, and so, you know, I, I can't remember if I'm at the, uh, I think I'm at the $15.99 a month plan. Uh, but of course I'm not paying that I'm paying zero, uh, mm-hmm. for, for, for 12 months. <laughs> so, uh, that's, uh, that's, that's my pick, uh, create.com and, uh, and you get unlimited websites, unlimited storage and limited bandwidth, uh, whatever maximum performance means, but really they're doing a lot behind the scenes to give you that moniker and, and make it meaningful. So you go create.com. Awesome. If, if you have time over the holidays and you want to consolidate your websites, make them run faster, uh, and do a really quick and easy switch to a new host, then, uh, there you go. Create.com. My pick of the week. All right, Ant, uh, this brings us to the end of another episode of Photo Geek Weekly and uh, to the end of 2020. Uh, we'll probably do another uh, episode of this podcast early in the new year. Uh, yeah. But for the next little while, I'm going to be spending time with family. Uh, maybe I'll learn a, a new recipe or two. I have some sous vide elk tenderloin uh, that is ready to be cooked up tomorrow. And oh. Oh my gosh! Sounds delicious. Uh, it's yeah, it's marinating right now in the vacuum sealed bags in the fridge. So, um, I'm 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 gonna off uh you know uh, offload my work duties aside from emails and stuff uh, until 2021 uh, at this point uh, and give myself a bit of a break. But uh, nice. during that time, I hope everybody is happy and healthy and creative. I wish all of the listeners. A happy new year, a very Merry Christmas, Hanukkah, whatever it is you're celebrating. I mean, I, I don't want to just say happy holidays because it just seems super generic and I'm not religious, but I'll say Merry <laughs> Christmas uh, and just celebrate, be be with family uh, virtually if if needed and, uh, yeah. and and be with the family in your own household, uh, yeah. you know. Read a story to your kid, you know, you know, give, give your spouse a massage, whatever it is that, <laughs> that doesn't cost anything to feel closer to your family. Please do that. And we will see you all in the new year. Indeed. And, uh, and, and thank you for being my guest on this final episode. Hey, thank you for having me. It's been an honor to, to be on this show this year in 2020. Um, because uh, as, as I've said before, I'm a fan. So I listen to you every week. And me being on here just sort of blows my mind every time it happens. So thank you again, Mr. Don Khan. 
Oh, well, you're welcome. And uh, to everybody listening, uh, we'll see you in 2021. And until then, it's time to stay in and shoot.